Amen. We've come to worship the King, to crown him Lord, because he is Lord and King. Amen. And I'm glad that you're here. We do want to recognize the moms in our midst, and this is how I'm going to do it. I'm going to ask if you're a great grandma uh, in the house that you would stand. If you're watching online, you can stand too. Uh, so great grandmas, uh, stand and stay standing, please. Yeah, all right, yes. Amen, beautiful. As you stay standing, I'm gonna ask the grandmas to, to join them. If you're a grandma, would you stand? All right, yes. Amen. And then I'm gonna ask moms to join them, all moms in the house. Would you stand, please? Yes. Amen. Then I'm going to ask the rest of the ladies to stand. Uh, there are some who have been mother figures, maybe mentors, disciple makers, Sunday school teachers to others. So we want all the ladies to stand because we want to honor you. These young people are going to bring a carnation. And when you receive the carnation, you can uh, have your seat. But as the carnations are being Distributed, I want to just say to you how much we appreciate you, how much we are thankful for you today, for all that you are and all that you do. And as we honor and thank God for the moms that are here, we also thank God for the memory of those moms who have already gone to be with the Lord, who uh, have left their imprint in our lives and have blessed us and we are so thankful uh, for that memory. So thank you, Lord, for moms, for grandmas, for great-grandmas. Amen. For those of you that are watching online, we'll send you a virtual carnation and, uh, and say thank you to you. Uh, we're so glad. Uh, there's been this series uh, on uh, one of the networks uh, recently that features uh, a superhero uh, by the name of Wanda Maximoff. And, um, and it's the first episode of this very popular miniseries. Uh, it's set in the 1950s. And, uh, and, and, and Wanda is this wife who is always uh, looking good. Her hair's always done. Her makeup's always right. She's in good shape. And she has a house that is impeccable and she can host her husband's boss for dinner and cook. Uh, and when you look at that picture right there, uh, you say, man, is that what a mom is supposed to look like? It, it seems like she has superpowers. Only a, a woman with superpowers can, can look like that, can do all that, can have everything in place. And, uh, and sometimes we say, well, it doesn't look like that at my house. Right, that's not the way it is. It's, it, it's hard sometimes to, to keep up with, with uh, children and with house chores and with work and staying in shape and taking kids to soccer practice and there's tension and there's arguments and there's people that wake up in grumpy moods and there's messes that get made over and over again and then there's dogs and cats that come in and sometimes life at home just seems chaotic. It might look more like this picture in some of our homes, not that one, but the next one. 
that, uh, uh, than, uh, than Wanda Maximoff, right? You know, the reality is that moms do heroic things and they have heroic characteristics. They accomplish great things. And today I wanna to talk about real moms, not in the sense that some moms are fake, but in the sense of moms who live in the real world, moms who deal with, with real situations, not just uh, the ideal that we see uh, perhaps on a TV series, on a sitcom, or, or some kind of social media uh, filtered picture. A mother who lived many centuries ago found herself in a less than ideal situation. And yet she experienced God's faithfulness in the midst of it. And I want to call your attention to that story of that woman. And it is found in 1 Kings chapter 17, beginning with verse 7. If you'll join me there uh, in your Bibles, whether you have a hard copy of it or uh, a device or you want to follow the screen, I'm reading from the NIV, 1 Kings chapter 17, verse 7. And it reads like this, sometime later the brook dried up because there had been no rain in the land. Then the word of the Lord came to him, go at once to Zarephath in the region of Sidon and stay there. I've directed a widow there to supply you with food. So he went to Zarephath. When he came to the town gate, a widow was gathering sticks. He called to her and asked, would you bring me a little water in a jar so I may drink. We meet this widow in our story because of something bigger that has taken place in the land. Elijah, the prophet, has pronounced judgment on King Ahaz and his wife Jezebel because they have been worshiping Baal, supposedly the god of fertility. And God wants to show Ahaz and his wife that he's the only true God. And so he sends Elijah to tell him that he's going to withhold rain. There's not going to be any dew or rain for a long time until God says that there will be rain. And so what happens when God sends this, this drought of judgment uh, on the people of God because of their idolatry? What happens to Elijah? Elijah didn't do anything wrong. He, he's serving uh, the true God. Will he have to suffer the lack of food and water that will come on the entire land? Well, in, in this case, God sends Elijah away from the city to a place where there's a brook and there's fresh water flowing. And that's how Elijah can have the provision of water. And then God sends ravens to deliver bread to him. That's not Uber Eats, but Raven Eats, right? That, that's delivering bread to his hand by ravens. And God provides for his prophet in that kind of a way. It's a reminder that God does not depend on the circumstances to provide for his children. God doesn't depend on what's going on in the rest of the land to make sure that his child has all that he needs. He often does it in unlikely ways. But the brook dried up. What happens now when the brook dries up? It seems like sometimes when, when something goes wrong and, and God has provided, then something else goes wrong. And then we say, well, what's next now? We've made it through this crisis and now we have another crisis. So now the Lord tells Elijah to go to 
Phoenician territory, away from what we would consider the Holy Land, into pagan territory, where, where the God of Israel is not acknowledged or recognized. And he says there's a widow there in a particular place called Zarephath, which is probably modern-day Lebanon. And she says, this widow will supply you food, which is crazy in itself. I mean, widows were the poorest people, the poorest of the poor. And God tells Elijah, I'm going to use a widow to provide for you. That would be almost the equivalent of, of me running out of groceries at home. My wife is out of town this weekend, and I open the refrigerator and look, hoping something will appear. Uh, but but uh, it would be like me running out of food and then someone saying, you know what, why don't you cross the border over to Reynosa and go to the refugee camp of Central Americans because they have some food prepared for you. That would be crazy. That's exactly what God tells Elijah to do, to go to this uh, foreign country, to this widow. And she enters into a story. So as we shift from our attention to Elijah the prophet to the widow, I would like to highlight a couple of things that I think apply to real moms today. And the first one that I notice here is that real moms face real challenges. There are many joys that come with motherhood. I don't have to tell you that. The arrival of a baby is a very happy occasion. Whether the baby comes by birth or adoption, there, there are balloons and there are announcements and, uh, and there's smiles and, and there's cake uh, and, and there's all kinds of joy. When the baby takes his first step, when the baby says her first word, when they're beginning to eat solid foods, when the first day that they go to school, we take so many pictures, at least the first child that does so. And, and then uh, we, we celebrate everything, every little award. We save the ribbons and the certificates, the athletic accomplishments, come graduation, and all of these great things are times of joy. But I think we can all agree that being a mom is not always about happy moments and about laughter and photo ops. Sometimes real mom face real challenges. The widow in our story is feeling the heaviness of her circumstances. She is experiencing the same drought and the same hunger, and she feels like she's at the end of a rope. We don't know how long she's been a widow, but we do know that her husband has died. And yet, uh, she, she finds herself here still having to provide for her children still the responsibility to feed her family. Let's look at verse 11 where we left off as the story continues. <clears throat> it reads, as he was going to get it, he called and bring me please a piece of bread. As surely as the Lord your God lives, she replied, I don't have any bread, only a handful of flour in a jar and a little olive oil in a jug I am gathering a few sticks to take home and make a meal for myself and my son that we may eat it and die. This widow is about to run out of food. The only thing that she has left in her pantry is a jar of flour and a jug of oil. There are no eggs, no milk, no cheese, no figs, no pomegranates. Her pantry is completely empty except for those two things. 
And evidently there was no hope of her getting any food from anywhere. As a widow, she might have felt forsaken. There were no government programs. There were no drive-through food distribution lines. The, the, the drought has spread throughout this foreign countryside and nothing was growing. There were no storehouses to get food. This was literally the last of it. This was a real mom feeling a real challenge. Real moms find themselves in this kind of situations often. Zenobia and Rosaema Rodriguez are a precious couple from our Spanish service. Zenobia is a deacon. Rosaema has been a leader in our women's ministry. And her daughter, Esli, was pregnant last year. And uh, about the 18th week of pregnancy, there were complications. And she had to be hospitalized. And, and, uh, and she was rushed to the hospital thinking that she might lose her baby. And we began to pray for her. And we began to discover there were complications that the baby was experiencing in the womb and that mom was experiencing even the loss of hearing. And after much prayer and, and, and much uh, going in and out of the hospitals, uh, this precious baby girl uh, was born, Leilani Emma is her name, but she was born with a cardiac condition. And so as a newborn, she had to undergo surgery and, and be there for hours while her mom was still recovering and her grandmother, Rosa Emma, was gathering an army of prayer around them, followed by therapy and visits and follow-up. Uh, this baby ha has just uh, accomplished a milestone and God has answered prayers, but, but the challenge continues to be there for this mom and this grandmother. Some of you know uh, Rachel Wilson Rodriguez. She is a sister to one of our former pastors and, and how for a couple of years we've been praying for baby Caroline who was diagnosed with leukemia and, and how she has had closed calls and she's been in the hospital with tubes and, and has had chemotherapy and, and has been weakening her immune system and, and, and it has been such a difficult thing for mom and for dad and for brother and for Caroline herself. And, and these are, this is a courageous family and yet the challenge of dealing with this is real. Katie works for the Christian Life Commission. She's a mom, a mother of three precious girls and she loves them and they love her. Today on Mother's Day, Katie will not be spending the time with them in a barbecue, but she will be checking herself in at MD Anderson. And she's going to have a huge operation that will be life-changing. And, and, and she won't be able to hold and hug her, her daughters for weeks to come. There are a lot of people that are praying for this precious family, but all of them are facing real challenges. And all of these moms and grandmothers have done it with incredible courage, incredible courage not to give up, to try one more treatment, to pray one more prayer, to, to go one more day. The courage of this widow is admirable too. Can you see her picking up the sticks to make a fire, knowing that it's the last meal that she will feed her family? But it takes courage to do that not to give up. She has one meal left, but she's going to do it. She's going to make it. She's going to give her best. Real moms 
face real challenges. And that takes courage. The second thing that we see here is that real moms face real crisis. The, the, the widow in our story is going through this very difficult situation. And just when she thought that things could not get worse, I mean, what else can go wrong? She is faced with a crisis. The, the prophet Elijah has shown up and she asked this poor woman for water. Now, water was a precious commodity in a drought, but she happily goes to fetch the water. And as she's going to go get the water, I don't know what kind of strength, what kind of kindness a widow that is trying to make the last meal for her children would have to, to host a stranger, a prophet she doesn't know, from a God she doesn't know to go get water, and as she's walking away to go get water, Elijah says, by the way, bring me a loaf of bread too. Bring me a sandwich while you're at it. Look at verse 13 and her response. Elijah said to her, don't be afraid. Go home as do as you have said, but first, Make a small loaf of bread for me from what you have and bring it to me and then make something for yourself and your son. Elijah asked this widow that has just informed him that she has just enough flour and oil to make a meal for her children. He says, oh, okay, that's fine. Make me some bread first. Maybe Elijah had been spoiled by God. I mean, maybe you get spoiled when ravens feed you. Uh, but, but, but now he's asking this widow who has informed him of her situation and she only has enough flour and oil for her children. Surely if she had more food, she would be happy to make bread for this man who she doesn't really know. She, she doesn't know who he is and only thing she knows is that he's a man of, of another God, a God from another country. She says, you're God. Now, I wonder if you and I had been in Elijah's place, what would we have done when we heard that? Would we have said, oh, I'm so sorry. Never mind. Never mind. You, you go ahead and take care of your family. Or, or, or maybe some of us would have said, well, let me see what I can do. I'm going to go somewhere else. I'm going to try to get bread so, so that doesn't have to be your last meal. Maybe that's what you would have done, but that's not what Elijah did Instead, he tells her to go home and make him a small loaf of bread first and bring it to me. Okay, so you're almost out of flour and your children are going to starve to death. So go ahead and use a little flour and all you have to make me bread because I'm hungry. Is this really a man of God? That doesn't sound like it, does it? Sounds selfish. Or is there something else going on here? Well, let's see. Verse 14. For this is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. The jar of flour will not be used up and the jug of oil will not run dry until the day the Lord sends rain on the land. Elijah's not being selfish. He is speaking for God. God is making a promise to this widow. This Phoenician woman, this woman who's not part of the covenant people of Israel, 
God is making a promise to her because God can make a promise to whomever he wants to make a promise to. God doesn't need people to have the labels we have to make them promises. God is able to, to bless whomever he wants to bless. This is the month of Ramadan where Muslims around the world are fasting and praying. And this is a time when many of us Christians are praying that during Ramadan, God will reveal Jesus the Messiah to Muslims. Because we believe that our God is not a God who limits himself to Protestants or Catholics or Jews. He's a God who can reveal himself to whomever he wants to reveal himself to. Buddhists and Muslims, even atheists. He reveals himself to this Phoenician woman. He speaks to her and he gives her a promise that her flour and her oil will not run out until he sends rain until there's an opportunity to grow grain and, and have food again in the land. That's a great promise. But it presents a crisis for the woman. She's faced with a crisis of faith. She's faced with a decision of believing God and acting on faith or not believing God and doing what she already thought was best. If she chooses to believe and make Elijah the loaf of bread in obedient faith, she runs the risk of not having enough food for her children. But if the promise is true, then she's going to experience the abundance that the prophet has announced. If she chooses to ignore Elijah's request, she can be certain of two things. She and her family will have one more meal, and it will be their last meal. Have you ever been faced with a crisis of faith where on the one side, if you, if you trust God in obedience, you risk everything. And then if you don't believe, you risk losing the blessings that God wants to give you. I had the distinct privilege Mother's Day last year to personally deliver flowers to my mother. It was the first time I saw her since the pandemic had started. We hesitated about going, but we thought it was important. She'd been feeling lonely and, and uh, took her flowers and we rejoiced together for a few moments. We ate uh, a meal together. And uh, it was the first time that I saw her since the pandemic started. Little did I know that it would be the last time that I would see her in person. Six weeks after this encounter, she had a fall and she was taken to the hospital by ambulance. And while that was going on, I was praying at home here in McAllen for God to, to just help her uh, go through this as she's been through so many things. When she got to the hospital, the neurosurgeon called me and said, uh, your mom has sustained a very serious brain injury and you have a decision to make. He says, uh, if we don't do surgery, it is likely that the internal bleeding that she has uh, will just take her life in a matter of hours or days. But if we do surgery and we can stop the internal bleeding, it is possible that she'll never walk again or talk again. I know these are difficult news for you to here, but sir, I need a decision right now. 
Talk about a crisis of faith. I've made a lot of difficult decisions in my life, individually and as a husband, as a father, as a pastor. But I've never in my life have been faced with that kind of a decision. And as I thought about it, I thought about what my mom would do. I thought about the way that she lived life. I thought about what she would choose. And I remember that my mom was one that would always choose life, would always choose hope, would always do the one more thing just in case. And I told the doctor on the phone, I said, I'm so thankful for you and the skills that God has given you, but I want you to know that that I believe in a God who, who can do whatever he wants to do. And he can use you to, to uh, conduct a surgery that will help her live fully again. And if he doesn't, then I trust in his perfect plan. So doctor, go ahead and do the surgery. But I'm going to be praying for you. And I'm going to be praying for her. And as soon as I ended the phone call, I fell on my knees and I cried like a baby. And I prayed, God, I hope I made the right decision. But I trust you fully. She's in your hands. And I believe that your plan is perfect. I know you love her and you've used her to be a blessing to so many. I thought about my mom in that moment and how many times she was faced with crisis of faith for her own children. How many times she had to make difficult decisions as a mom. And that's exactly what this Gentile widow did as well. She trusted Elijah's God and believed his promise. She made bread for Elijah first. See, her choice was was to open everything she had so that she could receive everything God wanted to give. Or or she could choose to be her own provider and hold on to what she had and run out when she ran out. But she decided to open. Real moms face real crisis and it takes faith. It takes faith. Finally, real moms find real care. This widow's faith led to joy. She acted in faithful obedience and God took care of her. Look at verses 15 and 16. She went away and did as Elijah had told her. So there was food every day for Elijah and for the woman and her family. For the jar of flour was not used up and the jug of oil did not run dry in keeping with the word of the Lord spoken by Elijah. The widow had not been a God follower She had not been a worshiper of the God of Israel. In today's language, we would call her unsaved, lost, away from God. But that day, she believed. She believed in God's promise without the context of the Torah, without the context of a religious heritage. She believed the word of God. She took the little flour and the little oil she had left and she made a loaf of bread for Elijah first. That was her way of trusting God. She put God first and God 
honored her faith. He showed himself faithful. There was food every day in her house, not just for her, but for Elijah too. This, this host, this, this guest that just showed up out of nowhere. Because that's the kind of God that God is. Can you imagine her joy? One day she thought that her family was going to starve to death. And then the next day she wakes up and she finds just the same amount of flour and the same amount of oil. Every day she gets up and the flour and the oil that has been used to make bread is still at the same level. That's a miracle of God. Can you imagine the joy of knowing God's provision? Moms whose trust is in the Lord, in the God that we serve who is able to provide, a God who could multiply, a God who is able to give in abundance, a God who can miraculously, miraculously stretch whenever we have too much month and too little check. He's a God who lovingly cares for his own. He's present in the most difficult situations. When we are at the end of our rope, he is our hope. When there seems to be a dead end, he's there. He promises in Isaiah, when you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. Like a loving shepherd who cares for his own. Mom, you can know today that he carries you. Here's a promise you can claim, Mom. Also from Isaiah. He tends his flock like a shepherd. He gathers the lambs in his arms and carries them close to his heart. He gently leads those that have young. As believers, we find real care in our Heavenly Father. His love and his care brings joy to our lives. The greatest joy is knowing Jesus Christ because he's the greatest provision that God has made for us. In him we find everything that we need and we find that joy comes as a result. And that's what the widow in our story experienced. She found real care in Elijah's God and she received the joy that came from that provision. Real moms find real care when they trust God and it brings joy. You know that real motherhood is not always like the social media posts and the TV sitcoms and the Wanda Maximoffs. Real moms face real challenges, real crises. But when they trust the Lord, they found real joy in him. Earlier we gave you a carnation it's a beautiful flower and intricate. It has a fragrance. It is a reflection of the beauty and the care of God. That the God of the universe can care for a delicate flower like this and make it look beautiful and strong and pleasant. And today, moms, Grandmas, great-grandmas, we want to remind you that the God who cares so intricately and delicately and lovingly for this flower cares for you. And the call to you today 
is to rest in him. It's to rest in the God who loves you. I hope that as you take this carnation home, it'll be a reminder to you of God's love for you, of God's care for you, that he sustains you as you trust him fully. Whether there is joy or challenge or crisis in your life, he wants to walk with you. And to the rest of us who are not moms, may we also lovingly encourage moms with our words, with our actions, with our prayers. Would you bow your head with me? Father, today we want to thank you for this story of this widow that speaks to us about facing difficult situations and the challenges of being a mom. And I know, Father, that throughout this worship center and at home, there are moms who are struggling. There are moms who feel like giving up. There are moms who are brokenhearted. There are moms who are tired. There are moms that feel that they can't keep up. Father, I pray that right now, your peace, the peace that passes understanding, will flood their hearts and minds. That you will remind them that their beauty and their value is in you. And that today they would rest in you they would find you to be faithful right where they are, whatever it is that they're going through. And whether they're in a time of, of trial or in a time of triumph, would you fill them with the joy that comes from Jesus Christ? There is a fountain that's filled with joy. And that fountain is Jesus. Help us to drink from that fountain today until we are full. As you think about your response to today's message, listen to the words of this song. Let them minister to you.